It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, Canada and hockey fans in the United States and Newfoundland. It's behind the Maple Leaf Nets. It's right crowding them. Back to Paul at the blue line. He fakes a shot. Rolls one in front. And Kennedy intercepted and shoots it away. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Pucks and Cups. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking Donate. Don't forget, I have a few other podcasts out there, from John to Justin, Canadian History X, Coast to Coast, and Canada's Great War, available on all podcast platforms. I do all of these podcasts full-time, the writing, the research, everything. So every dollar you give helps keep it all going, and I truly appreciate it, and I'll thank you on the air and throughout my social media. If you like, you can email me at Craig at CanadaEHX.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Bairdo37, where I put up daily videos about Canada's history. You can also find weekly videos on Canada's history by going to youtube.com slash C slash Canadian History X. And if you want to find hundreds of articles on Canada's history, just go to my website, CanadaEHX.com. For a city to win the Stanley Cup these days, an NHL team is required. For an NHL team, a community needs to have at least a few hundred thousand people, a huge arena, and millions of dollars to spend. That is how it has been for decades now, but there was a time many years ago when that was not the case. In 1907, a small Ontario community of just under 6,000 people would field a hockey team called the Thistles, and they would win the Stanley Cup. Kenora, originally called Rat Portage, was an important community during the construction of the Transcontinental Railway in the 1870s and 1880s. This allowed the community to grow quickly, reaching over 6,000 people by 1906, only one year after the town changed its name from Rat Portage to Kenora. Well before Rat Portage became Kenora, hockey was a passion for the residents of the community. The first recorded hockey game in Rat Portage was played on February 17, 1893. The Manitoba Semi-Weekly Free Press will write of this new team, quote, The hockey club has now about 25 members. Arrangements have been made for practice on Tuesdays and Thursday evenings and Saturday afternoons. End quote. The next year, a proper club was formed and named the Thistles. One of the richest men in the community, George Dewey, put up the money for the club and was made an honorary president. But even with that money, the team still struggled financially and would continue to do so for most of its existence. For the remainder of the 1890s, the team would play various teams in the area and into Manitoba. The Manitoba Free Press Home Journal would write on March 10, 1898, quote, The semi-final intermediate hockey match was played off here tonight between the Brandon team and the Portage Thistles, resulting in a victory for the former aggregation by a score of 4-3. The game was hotly contested throughout. A large crowd of spectators were present who cheered the different players enthusiastically, end quote. As the older players on the team were gradually replaced by younger players, typically their own sons or relatives, the Kenora Thistles would become more dominant on the ice. By 1900, they finished second in the Manitoba Intermediate League, 
and in 1901 they won the league title, outscoring their opponents heavily. To begin the 1901-02 season, they defeated their first opponent 12-0. And while that may seem like a good thing, the executives of the team worried that if there was no worthwhile competition, fans wouldn't come to the games. The decision was made to join the Manitoba Hockey Association, which had only two teams, the Winnipeg Victorias and the Winnipeg Rowing Club. The Victorias were one of the best teams in Canada, having won the Stanley Cup in 1896, 1901, and 1902. The Winnipeg Tribune reported, quote, The report that the Thistle Hockey Club of Ratportage intend making application to the association to play a senior team with the Victorias and the Winnipegs has caused no end of talk and discussion in sporting circles. End quote. While the article would state that the people of Rat Portage were confident the team would put forward a skilled franchise to compete, it would also state, quote, The Rat Portage people claim that a seven nearly as strong as the Thistles can be put on the ice at any time. There are some 15 players in steady practice, and out of those 15, according to the Rat Portage people, 14 are first-class hockeyists, end quote. To prove they could play in the league, the Thistles took on the Victorias. In the game, they defeated the Victorias 9-3. The Free Press Prairie Farmer would write of the game, quote, By their showing in the game with the Intermediate Vicks last week, the Ratportage Thistles proved that they have the good grounds for aspiring to enter the senior ranks, end quote. Despite this, Lee Council met and decided not to admit the team on the grounds that the Thistles were not fast enough for senior company, and it was ill-advised to allow them to enter. Even with the refusal, the team would still pursue joining the senior league. In 1902-03, Kenora was finally admitted to the league along with two other teams, but Winnipeg still opposed Kenora joining due to their distance and both Winnipeg teams left the league before the start of the season to start their own league, the Western Canada Hockey League. In the new three-team senior league, the Thistles won the league championship and were allowed to compete for the Stanley Cup against the dominant Ottawa Silver Sevens. The Ottawa Journal reported, quote, the Thistles Hockey Club of Rat Portage, having won the championship of the Old Manitoba and Northwestern Hockey Association, have sent in a challenge for the Stanley Cup. They say they are ready to play at once. End quote. The Thistles traveled to Ottawa for the challenge, and there was little press coverage of the team before the series, and the games only attracted 1,000 spectators, about one-third what they usually did in Ottawa. In the two games played between March 12th and 14th, 1903, the Thistles lost both games, scoring four goals to the 10 by the Silver Seven. The Free Press Prairie Farmer stated, quote, Stage fright, this is the explanation the Rat Portage Thistles give of their defeat at the hands of the Ottawas. The soft ice handicapped them, and their frequent rushes were spoiled by their skating over the puck. The Thistles lost their heads in the early stages of the game and allowed the fast rushes of the Ottawas to demoralize them. End quote. The Thistles were unhappy with the challenge, and due to the small crowds, the team lost $800 in the challenge, but they did see that they could compete against the best teams in Canada. The Winnipeg teams were impressed by the play of the Thistles against the best team in Canada, and they would invite the team to join the Western Hockey League. The Thistles declined this offer and remained in the Manitoba League. In 1904-05, the two Manitoba teams merged and the Thistles won the league championship, and they were given the chance to compete against the Silver Seven once again. Once again traveling to Ottawa for the challenge, the media was more interested in the team now, and their games attracted 3,500 to 4,000 people this time. Since the team was made up almost entirely of citizens of Kenora, with the exception of Eddie Garreau, who was from Toronto, many were intrigued by this homegrown team. In the first game, the Thistles won 9-3 using forward passing rather than shooting the puck into the opposing end and chasing after it. The Thistles emphasized the use of skating and passing to maintain control of the puck. And while the team won the first game, they would lose the next two games 4-2 and 5-4, 
thanks to Frank McGee returning to Ottawa to play the last two games for the Silver 7. But despite the loss, the Thistles were widely praised in the media. The Montreal Star would call them the fastest team ever seen anywhere on the ice. The Montreal Gazette would add to this, stating, quote, Ottawa never saw such hockey as that which graced the final match to determine the possession of the Stanley Cup. It'll hardly be too strong of a statement to make in saying that the last of three stirring matches proved to be in many ways the greatest struggle that ever took place on Canadian ice. End quote. The 1905 team is amazing considering it featured four Hall of Fame players in Celax Griffiths, Tom Hooper, Tommy Phillips, and Billy McGimsey. In 1905, Rat Portage would change its name to Kenora, and with that, the Rat Portage Thistles became the Kenora Thistles. In the 1905-06 season, the Thistles easily won their league championship and once again prepared to play for the Stanley Cup. But there were accusations that Kenora was covertly paying its players, something not allowed under amateur rules. The Thistles denied this was the case, but it was likely at least partly true, and in fact, many teams in Canada covertly paid players to get the best players on their team. The Ottawa Journal reported, quote, The statement is decidedly unfair both to the executive of the Manitoba League and the Thistle Hockey Club. As a matter of fact, it was only today, March 16th, that the consent of the league was communicated by wire to the Thistle Club, and it was accompanied by an invitation to the effect that the permission of the Amateur Athletic Union should be obtained, a course which the Thistle Hockey Club had intended to follow at any event. End quote. In the end, the entire Manitoba League would become professional, but even with the professional aspect of the league now, the Thistles mostly retain their homegrown roster. With the challenge put forward, one person with the Ottawa Silver 7 stated there was no beating the Thistles. He would say, quote, If the Kenora Thistles play the Wanderers for the Stanley Cup, they will beat them so badly it will almost put them out of business. End quote. In January 1907, the team took on the Montreal Wanderers for the Stanley Cup. Leaving on January 12, 1907, the club had hired Art Ross and Joe Hall, two future Hall of Famers, to play for the team, although Hall would not play any games for the Thistles. Excitement was high in Montreal for the series, but more subdued than was seen in the Ottawa versus Kenora series. The Montreal Gazette stated, quote, There's been a steady sale of tickets for the games, but it has not so far reached the proportions of the demand of the Ottawa contest. End quote. This time, the Thistles were favorites to win the Stanley Cup. In the first game, Tommy Phillips scored all four goals in the 4-2 win for the Thistles. The Montreal Star reported, quote, the speed of the Kenora Thistles won them the first match. They skated circles around the Wanderers, but the latter showed more finished play. One of the finest and cleanest ever played for the Stanley Cup. End quote. Writing about Phillips, the star would write, quote, Phillips seemed to go so fast that the others could not keep up with him, and were not there to take the puck as it was brought down to the Wanderer nets. Therefore, Phillips did the scoring himself. End quote. On January 21st, Phillips scored another three goals as the Thistles won 8-6, capturing the Stanley Cup. The Manitoba Morning Free Press stated, quote, The cup comes west again. Such was the glad tidings that quickly gained circulation last night as the news was flashed over the wires that the big game at Montreal was over and the Kenora Thistles had succeeded in downing the defending Wanderers team after a hair-raising contest, end quote. The Winnipeg Tribune would describe the scene when the Thistles won, stating, quote, If Pandemonian had broken loose, there could not have been more wilder scenes than had followed the wonderful finish of the challengers and now Stanley Cup holders. The Victoria Thistles were carried off the ice while friends of the Wanderers gathered around their team to give them a parting cheer as the holders of the Stanley Cup. End quote. The Thistles had become the smallest community to win the Stanley Cup, something that remains a record to this day and one that will never be broken. The team was stacked to say the least. Along with the four Hall of Fame players from the 1906 team, 
the team had five more Hall of Fame players playing for them in 1907. And when the Thistles returned to Kenora, they were greeted as heroes and given a massive reception at the Opera House. The team's finances quickly changed with the win as well, and it was announced a new 4,000 to 5,000 seat arena would be built, making it the largest arena west of Ontario and four times bigger than the previous Kenora hockey rink. This, unfortunately, would never come to pass. Only a few weeks after they won the Stanley Cup, the end would begin for the team. Eddie Giroux, their star goaltender, would join the Torontos, returning back home to his hometown after a few years living in Kenora. And soon after, the Montreal Wanderers would challenge the Thistles for the Stanley Cup, which was played after Kenora won their league title once again. During the season, the team lost three of its best players, Hooper, McGimsey, and Phillips, to injuries. To compensate, they signed Fred Whitcroft, Alf Smith, and Harry Westwick, all future Hall of Famers to the team. Instead of the series being played in Kenora, as would have been tradition as they were the current cup champions, the games were played in Winnipeg since there would be greater revenue there. In the first game on March 23, 1907, the Wanderers won 7-2. The Thistles came back to win 6-5 the next game, but lost 12-8 the following game. The Winnipeg Tribune would write, quote, It was a decisive beating that the Eastern Challengers handed out to the pride of the West, for they excelled the cup holders in every way. As regards to speed, team play, stick-handling, and generalship, they left not the faintest shadow of a doubt as who was the better team on the ice. End quote. Thus ended the two months of time when the Kenora Thistles could claim to be Stanley Cup champions. This is the shortest amount of time a team has ever possessed the Stanley Cup. Even though the team had lost the cup, they didn't actually give the cup to the Wanderers. It would take until May for the Stanley Cup to be given over to Montreal, and it was believed that the engraving was taking longer than expected. William Jennings, secretary with the Wanderers, stated, quote, We're not worried about it. It is some two weeks over the engraving time, and it's still probable that it is due to engraving the play for us. End quote. Things would continue to go downhill after the Stanley Cup loss. Before the 1907-08 season, Boudreaux and McGimsey both retired, while Phillips signed with the Wanderers. Phillips had stated he would play for Kenora for another season, but the money was too hard to refuse, and he was impressed by the strong team the Wanderers had. The Montreal Gazette wrote, quote, Wanderers were luckier than they thought themselves when they succeeded in signing Art Ross, for it is said the fact of Ross being with the champions played a big part in Phillips' decision to accept their offer. End quote. As it happened, he would not play for the Wanderers, but would instead go on to play for the Ottawa Silver 7 for $1,500. Despite his move, he would never win another Stanley Cup. But when the Hockey Hall of Fame was created in 1945, Phillips was one of the first nine inductees. The team would bring up four younger players, but the writing was on the wall. In their first game of the season, they lost 16-1. They forfeited the next two games and then withdrew from the league when it was apparent they could no longer compete at the league level anymore. After a few exhibition games against Port Arthur and Fort William, the Thistles folded. In 1982, the Kenora Thistles were inducted into the Northwestern Ontario Sports Hall of Fame. The Thistle name continues on in the community and has been used for teams in the town on the amateur, junior, and senior men's levels. I hope you enjoyed that episode and my look at the Kenora Thistles. Next week is our season finale, and we're going to be looking at the Kingston Cup. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash canadaehx. And you can donate to the podcast by going to canadaehx.com and clicking donate. 
I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Michael Matthews, Joanna Parker, Jeff Dahl, Vobs, Robert Page, Richard D., Colin Johnson, Katie Caldwell, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Shove, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Roy, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Information from Canadian Encyclopedia, Manitoba Semi-Weekly Free Press, Wikipedia, Winnipeg Tribune, Ottawa Journal, Montreal Gazette, and the Manitoba Free Press. Thanks. We'll see you again next time. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.